This is The Bookshelf from NHPR. I'm Peter Biello. Freeman Colby was a young schoolteacher from New Hampshire who joined the Union Army during the American Civil War. For the first nine months, he kept detailed notes of his service and wrote to his family members. Rich resources Merrick Bennett of Henniker drew on for his graphic novel, The Civil War Diary of Freeman Colby. In that volume, Bennett stuck close to Colby's exact language. Recently, he's published Volume 2, in which he takes some liberties and draws on new sources for inspiration. Merrick Bennett joins me now. Welcome to The Bookshelf. Thank you, Peter. Good to be here. So what drew you back to Freeman and his story? Uh, I think the incompleteness of it. He, he, he wrote down this diary, and then I spent a couple of years drawing it out. And then I realized it was only the first nine months of his service, and he served for the final three years of the Civil War. And I was curious about what happened, but I kind of figured, well, he didn't write it down. I'm never going to know. And then I had the opportunity to find out what happened. So I took it. So what was that opportunity? How'd you find out? Well, initially, when I put the first book out, uh, the diary itself, I put it out and one of his great-grandchildren contacted me and said, hey, I found this book. I just read it. That's my great-grandfather. Would you be interested in some letters of his that he wrote during the Civil War? I said, yeah, of course. I'll trade you some books for some letters. And I sent her a couple books, and she sent me uh, about 70 or 80 pages of transcribed letters that Freeman Colby had sent home. And then I had a sense of where he was and what he was doing for 1863, 64, and 65. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the surprising things that you found in those new sources? Well, the first thing I noticed was it still wasn't the full story. It was like one letter from May 1863 and one letter from August and one letter from September and two from October. But in between, there's weeks and months at a time where I still had no idea. So even though I felt like I had the whole story, I realized, no, there are still big gaps that I'm going to have to fill. And the other surprise was, I think, um, I think just the way the characters of his diary kind of continued and kept growing and unfolding, like his relationship with his captain. The first letter I have from 1863 He's already feuding with Captain Richardson again, which he did all through the first volume. And uh, it's just like it, it, it's, as, it's as if you have these characters you've written into a novel and you want to see how their relationships unfold. Uh, but that was that was just part of his letters that it also impressed me that these were the stories he was sending home. They weren't the full story. Right. Because what do you write home to your family? You tell them part of the story, the part you want them to hear, your younger sisters, your mom and dad. Um, friends and family in town, you're not going to send them every detail of your life in the middle of a war zone. Most of the people in this book are people who are just close to Freeman Colby uh, or, or people in his, his regiment, the 39th Massachusetts. But one of the other famous people was President Lincoln. Can you talk about his appearance in this book? He does make a, a brief cameo. There's this great story that, that appears in the 39th Massachusetts regimental history um, that actually happened to a private William Sumner of Massachusetts. He's a cousin of uh, Senator Charles Sumner, which most people know as the guy who was caned on the floor of the Senate um, uh, before the war. So William Sumner was assigned the duty of guarding this newly, um, newly seated lawn in front of the White House. And his job was to all these generals and admirals would try to cut across this lawn to get to another administrative building. And his job was to say, sorry, sir, you can't cross here. You'll have to go around. And then here comes the president as he's sitting there, um, Abraham Lincoln going from one meeting to another. And this soldier, this lowly private, the lowest level in the army, he has to decide, 
do I step in front of the commander in chief and tell him to go around the grass or do I just salute and he walks where he wants to? And he finally decides, well, I'm but sorry, Mr. President, you can't walk across this grass. And Lincoln's taken aback and then he laughs and he says, uh, and I may be mixing up the uh, 39th text account with my own cartooned account, which is slightly different. But Lincoln laughs and says, well, since I gave the order to protect this grass, I'm happy to have somebody <laughs> turn me away from it. Good job, private. And the, uh, and the officers commend him for it. So I show the officers, of course, watching this happen and being very nervous, like, oh, my gosh, what is this fellow in our regiment going to do? Will we all get in trouble? And they're relieved when the president takes it so well. And that's totally Lincoln. That, totally that does agrees. sound like a very Lincoln thing to do. He's such a humble man and such a, such a kind man on a personal level. You've been deep in the weeds in Civil War history for a long time now with these two volumes uh, and now a third in the works. Um, can you tell us anything that you found surprising about the Civil War at this point? What surprises you as someone who knows so much about it? Wow, there's so many things. It, it, I, I try to keep up with the news and what's going on nowadays, too, as I'm, as I'm working. I feel like I spend half my time in the 1860s and half my time in the 2000s, you know. Um, but I feel like as I'm working on this, it just becomes more and more relevant to what we're dealing with as a country now so much in the news. How is it um, relevant now? Well, Freeman Colby starts off from Henniker. Uh, he's, I mean, to put it baldly, he's a, he's a white guy from Henniker who has never really considered what it is. I shouldn't speak for him, but I get the sense he hasn't really considered what citizenship is in the United States, what it is to, um, what his racial identity is and his place in society. Um, and he just dives into this. He, he dives into the army and he finds himself down south and he's suddenly confronted with slavery and what it is and, and this, this foundational institution in the American economy. And at first, it, all through volume one, he doesn't really know how to deal with that, how to process that. He makes jokes about it. He kind of doesn't describe it very much in his diary. It's not that important to him. And in volume two... I guess the difference is in volume two, he still doesn't really address it in his letters. He will by volume three and four, but he still hasn't really addressed it in his letters. But because of those gaps, I could go out and say, OK, I'm going to address this. I'm going to show what's out there that he's not mentioning in his letters, um, specifically the people who whose stories don't show up in his letters, like the nurses. Um, the the volunteers who are helping in the hospitals, and especially the people who were enslaved all around him who were playing such a vital role in the war. Merrick Bennett, thank you very much for speaking with me about Volume 2. Thank you very much for having me in. That's Merrick Bennett. He's the author of the graphic novel series The Civil War Diary of Freeman Colby. The newest volume, number two, focuses on the year 1863, and you can find a list of the top five books on Merrick Bennett's bookshelf at nhpr.org. And we're always in the mood here at NHPR for a good reading recommendation from you. Send us your suggestion by email. The address is books at nhpr.org. You can also tweet your reading recommendation at NHPR Bookshelf. This is The Bookshelf from NHPR. I'm Peter Biello. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>